Russ's smartphone. I don't believe I have a name but Russ keeps calling me. Where is that damn thing? Do you like my kick-in jams? Hold on a second, not so fast. My name is Russ Shaw. Uh, this is uh, my smartphone. I'm kind of under the weather today, you could say. Uh, episode 28, did I say that? I can't even remember. I'm hopped up on cold medicine. I'm kind of sick. I got the... I got the crud going around, so to speak, so, uh, yeah, not, my voice ain't working well. I didn't put a show up last week, so I felt, uh, felt I needed to, you know, put up a show this week. I'll, I'll hand it over to my smartphone. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, say a prayer for your, uh, your podcaster man, Russ, here today as I fight this thing off. And, uh, I'm going to play a couple of, uh, blog posts for you couple of blogs I listen to. Number one is the Weatherspoon Institute. It's a part one of two. So if you want to check out part two, you can do that on the website. Uh, it'll tell you in the, in the right. Uh, the, ne the next one is from Donald Miller, who is a blogger that I, I enjoy. He wrote the book Blue Like Jazz and Storyline. Um, just some great stuff in that as well. So here she is, my, my smartphone. I'm going to hand it off to, uh, to it slash her. <laughs> this is an app, by the way, called Talk that I use to listen to um, blog posts and articles while I drive. I'm not much of a reader, but I do spend a lot of time driving around, and I like to, um, I'm an auditory learner. I like to listen. So, uh, yeah, if you want to check out the app, it's called Talk in the uh, App Store. And it turns out she actually reads better than I do. But uh, she does jumble a few words here and there. So bear with the app as you, as you listen. You have to use your ninja-like vocabulary skills to figure out what's being said. Some of the abbreviations turn out messed up. But anyway, there you go. There she is. This first one is a lot more science-y. <laughs> So, if you're a science person, if you like numbers and facts and theory, you'll like this first post. Until next time, I'll hand it off to my uh, my associate here. Bye. Thanks, Russ. Thanks for listening. Do you like my kicking jams? Witherspoon Institute's blog. Public Discourse. The New Narcotic. By Morgan Bennett. Within Science. October 9, 2013. New neurological research reveals that pornography is as potently addictive as heroin or cocaine. The other day, I overheard a guy say that Starbucks was the greatest drug dealer in the United States. Being a guilty party to that sort of drug dealing, I'll recuse myself from discussing the merits of such a charge. But what if I told you that the Internet is the greatest drug dealer in the United States? A growing body of research supports such an assertion as it relates to a new, narcotic, Internet pornography. The National Survey on Drug Use and Health estimated that in 2008 there were 1.9 million cocaine users. 
According to the Central Intelligence Agency, there are an estimated 2 million heroin users in the United States, with some 600,000 to 800,000 considered hardcore addicts. Compare these numbers to the 40 million regular users of online pornography in America. Neurological research has revealed that the effect of internet pornography on the human brain is just as potent hyphen if not more so hyphen than addictive chemical substances such as cocaine or heroin. In a statement before Congress, Dr. Jeffrey Sadinover, a psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, physicist, and former fellow in psychiatry at Yale, cautioned. With the advent of the computer, the delivery system for this addictive stimulus left square bracket internet pornography right square bracket has become nearly resistance-free. It is as though we have devised a form of heroin 100 times more powerful than before, usable in the privacy of one's own home and injected directly to the brain through the eyes. It's now available in unlimited supply via a self-replicating distribution network, glorified as art and protected by the Constitution. Though pornography, in one form or another, has been around for most of human history, its content and the way people access and consume it have drastically changed in the past few decades with the advent of the Internet and related technologies. There are three main reasons Internet pornography is radically different from earlier forms. It's, 1, affordability, K. Doran, assistant professor of economics at Notre Dame University, estimates that 80% to 90% of porn users view free content online, 2, accessibility, 24-7 access anywhere with an internet connection, and hyphen most importantly hyphen, 3, anonymity. Those three factors combined with internet pornographers' experiential depiction of real people performing real sex acts while the viewer observes has created a potent narcotic hyphen in the most literal sense. Yet many would argue that pornography is merely speech, a form of sexual expression that should be protected as a constitutional right under the First Amendment. The question of First Amendment rights is undeniably the ultimate hurdle to clear from a legal standpoint hyphen and I take up that question in tomorrow's public discourse essay. Today I begin my analysis from a scientific perspective because recent neurological findings have exposed internet pornography to be something much, much more than mere, speech. Internet pornography, the new narcotic. While the term, drug addiction, typically has been reserved for chemical substances physically ingested, or inhaled or injected, into the body, internet pornography hyphen taken in through the eyes hyphen affects the brain chemically and physically in a manner similar to that of illegal chemical substances. William M. Struthers, professor of psychology at Wheaton College, explains in his book Wired for Intimacy, how pornography hijacks the male brain that pornography works, through the same neural circuit, has the same effects with respect to tolerance and withdrawal, and has every other hallmark of an addiction. This is because the same parts of the brain react to both illegal substances and sexual arousal. Dopamine, the chemical triggered by sexual arousal and orgasm, is also the chemical that triggers addiction pathways in the brain. As Donald L. Hilton Jr., M.D., a practicing neurosurgeon and a clinical associate professor of neurosurgery at the University of Texas, observes, 
Pornography is a visual pheromone, a powerful $100 billion per year brain drug that is changing sexuality even more rapidly through the cyber acceleration of the Internet. It is, inhibiting orientation, and, disrupting premating communication between the sexes by permeating the atmosphere. Think of the brain as a forest where trails are worn down by hikers who walk along the same path over and over again, day after day. The exposure to pornographic images creates similar neural pathways that, over time, become more and more, well-paved, as they are repeatedly traveled with each exposure to pornography. Those neurological pathways eventually become the trail in the brain's forest by which sexual interactions are rooted. Thus, a pornography user has, unknowingly created a neurological circuit, that makes his or her default perspective towards sexual matters ruled by the norms and expectations of pornography. These, brain trails, are able to be initiated and, paved, because of the plasticity of brain tissue. Norman Deutsch, MD hyphen a psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, and author of the New York Times and international bestseller, The Brain That Changes Itself hyphen explores the impact of neuroplasticity on sexual attraction in an essay in The Social Costs of Pornography. Dr. Deutsch notes that brain tissue involved with sexual preferences, i.e., what turns us on, is especially malleable. Thus, Outside stimuli hyphen like pornographic images hyphen that link previously unrelated things, for example, physical torture and sexual arousal, can cause previously unrelated neurons within the brain to learn to fire in tandem so that the next time around, physical torture actually does trigger sexual arousal in the brain. This in tandem firing of neurons creates links or associations that result in powerful new brain pathways that remain even after the instigating outside stimuli are taken away. In light of the new brain science, the relevant scientific community, the American Society of Addiction Medicine, which used to believe addiction was primarily a behavior, recently redefined addiction as primarily a brain disease revolving around the neurological rewards system. Internet pornography's powerful force on the neurological reward system clearly places it within this new definition of addiction. Some might argue that many substances and activities hyphen such as TV, food, shopping, etc. hyphen can cause addiction-forming chemicals in the brain, yet we certainly don't want the government regulating how much TV we watch, how often we shop, or how much we eat. While there are plenty of people with addictions to TV, food, and shopping, Dr. Hilton argues that sexual images are unique among natural rewards, because sexual rewards, unlike food or other natural rewards, cause persistent change in synaptic plasticity. In other words, Internet pornography does more than just spike the level of dopamine in the brain for a pleasure sensation. It literally changes the physical matter within the brain so that new neurological pathways require pornographic material in order to trigger the desired reward sensation. So how does internet pornography compare with illegal addictive chemical substances like cocaine or heroin? Cocaine is considered a stimulant that increases dopamine levels in the brain. Dopamine is the primary neurotransmitter that most addictive substances release, as it causes a high 
and a subsequent craving for a repetition of the high, rather than a subsequent feeling of satisfaction by way of endorphins. Heroin, on the other hand, is an opiate, which has a relaxing effect. Both drugs trigger chemical tolerance, which requires higher quantities of the drug to be used each time to achieve the same intensity of effect. Pornography, by both arousing, the, high, effect via dopamine, and causing an orgasm, the, release, effect via opiates, is a type of polydrug that triggers both types of addictive brain chemicals in one punch, enhancing its addictive propensity as well as its power to instigate a pattern of increasing tolerance. Tolerance in pornography's case requires not necessarily greater quantities of pornography but more novel pornographic content like more taboo sexual acts, child pornography, or sadomasochistic pornography. Sexual arousal is the result of testosterone, dopamine, and norepinephrine surges, whereas the transcendence and euphoria experienced during orgasm are related to the release of endogenous opiates. While pornography activates the appetitive system by way of dopamine, an orgasm caused by pornography does not release endorphins, which are the chemicals that make us feel satisfied. By contrast, endorphins are released after an orgasm caused by having sex with a real human being. This lack of satisfaction, combined with the brain's competitive plasticity, causes the brain to require more and more novel and extreme images to get the same chemical result as before. While the addictive effects of internet pornography are similar to a combination of addictive chemical substances, internet pornography's effects go beyond those of chemical substances. For instance, mirror neurons in the brain enable us to learn by watching a behavior and copying it. Professor Struthers writes that, because of mirror neurons, viewing a pornographic left square bracket video right square bracket creates a neurological experience whereby a person vicariously participates in what he is watching. This uniquely interactive addiction is enabled by the combination of stimuli upon both the brain and the body. In Struthers' words, porn use involves the visual system, looking at porn, the motor system, masturbating, the sensory system, genital stimulation, and neurological effects of arousal and orgasm, sexual euphoria from chemical opiates like addictive dopamine in the nucleus accumbens and reduced fear in the amygdala. Another aspect of pornography addiction that surpasses the addictive and harmful characteristics of chemical substance abuse is its permanence. While substances can be metabolized out of the body, Pornographic images cannot be metabolized out of the brain because pornographic images are stored in the brain's memory. While substance abusers may cause permanent harm to their bodies or brains from drug use, the substance itself does not remain in the body after it has metabolized out of the body. But with pornography, there is no time frame of abstinence that can erase the pornographic reels of images in the brain that can continue to fuel the addictive cycle. In sum, brain research confirms the critical fact that pornography is a drug delivery system that has a distinct and powerful effect upon the human brain and nervous system. More akin to cocaine than to books or public speeches, internet pornography is not the sort of speech the First Amendment was meant to protect from government censorship hyphen as I will argue tomorrow. 
Those who read books or listened to ideas can use their conscious minds to reason through the assertions and information. But, as Dr. Deutsch puts it, those who use left square bracket pornography right square bracket have no sense to the extent to which their brains are reshaped by it. Indeed, they have no idea that pornography is developing new maps in their brains. Morgan Bennett is a J.D. candidate at Pepperdine University School of Law. Receive public discourse by email. Become a fan of public discourse on Facebook. Follow public discourse on Twitter and sign up for the Public Discourse RSS feed. Support the work of Public Discourse by making a secure donation to the Witherspoon Institute. Related Reading Sexual Assaults in the Military, Porn is Part of the Problem Peter J. Smikzek, June 14, 2013 Post Kinsey, Is There Anything Normal About Pornography? Cassandra Hoff, October 12th 2011. The Social Costs of Pornography. Patrick Hoff, March 23, 2010. Taking a New Look at Pornography. James Stoner, February 9, 2009. Pornography and the Courts. Roger Scruton, February 9, 2009. And now the article from Donald Miller. November, 2013. Don't expand your influence, deepen it. By Donald Miller A long, long time ago I ran a very small publishing company in Oregon. Part of my job was to create a database and sales system to chart our orders. I noticed that, while we had about a thousand customers, only a hundred or so of them were supporting our business. Initially, I wanted to expand the business to grow our customer base even larger. We spent thousands of dollars in this attempt, visiting trade shows and printing expensive catalogs. But sooner or later I realized it wasn't working. I mean we did see an increase in business, but it brought in about as much profit as our marketing efforts cost. So I changed our strategy. We began to focus on the 100 customers who were already faithful and familiar with our products. I created a monthly newsletter that I printed right off my desktop and sent it to these hundred customers each month. I also made a call list and called as many as 20 or 30, personally, every month. And I noticed our business increased, while our overhead stayed the same. These customers gave us more prominent positions in their catalogs and in their stores. I'd say this general principle applies to much more than business. Perhaps those deep relationships you long for are all around you, they've just not been deepened yet. Perhaps the fulfilling, romantic amazement you've been reading romance novels to experience could actually come from that guy snoring in bed next to you each night. For the rest of this year, try focusing on what is already around you, try cultivating the seeds that have been planted, or the plants that are just producing a little bit of fruit. My guess is this will be easier than going out into the rocks to chip away at a brand new garden. A repost from the archives. Donald Miller is all about story. He's helped thousands overcome a sense of meaninglessness by helping them create their storyline life plan. If you're struggling with a sense of meaningless, pick up storyline today. 
After studying story for years and successfully using the elements of story to engage customers, Don created Stora Brand, a process any business owner or marketing team can go through to create a communication script that will increase sales. Don is also the creator of the Storeline Productivity Schedule, a free daily schedule using modern psychology to increase a person's productivity. Don believes getting your story straight changes everything. Follow Don on Twitter, at Donald Miller. If you would like links to the articles on the show today they will be at the website asi247.org. Thanks for listening, homies. Peace out. Or as Russ would say, bye. I'm pissed.